Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Unfinished People. I'm Chad. This is Brandon. Same, same. Hello. We're still here. Uh, this is episode 20, and so we're, we are enjoying at least our conversation with each other and the way God's um, growing us, I think. You know, Brandon, wouldn't you say your heart has been, uh, at least I like getting to talk to you every week. <laughs> yes, 100%. I think there's always a little bit of humility of like, hey, we listen to your podcast. You're like, ooh, are you sure? <laughs> oh, no. Did we say something <laughs> bad? But I do feel that. Like sometimes I'm always like, whenever, whenever somebody begins a, a sentence like that, hey, I listen to your podcast. And you're like, brace yourself. Here it comes. But for the most yeah. part, yes, uh, very encouraged. Um and so we always kind of give our little disclaimer. It's, it's in the name of our, our podcast, Unfinished. And so, but we, we thought we would, well, we thought we'd earned maybe, maybe, we're not sure, but we thought we maybe have earned a bit of trust to go to a little more uh, difficult topic, one that's right in front of everybody's face and it's always right under the surface and, um, you know, it kind of bleeds out. It feels like one of those boil over things and it's how we interact with the world, specifically power structures of the world, politics. How do those interface with the kingdom of God? And so we, we thought we'd go there and this won't be the last time. Um, and maybe the last time we talk about it will be the last time we ever say anything on here. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we, we plan on just keeping this in a Christ kingdom focused way. Um, and it's actually part of our, I would say as pastors, because we're going to talk about this from just a personal level too, but as pastors, like we actually feel like it's our role to help each other and to give those who are seeking to follow Jesus or those who are considering following Jesus, like handles, I guess, maybe mm -hmm. like, or some tools to how to do this well. Um, so I had a, an image um, and cause I was thinking about like, so you live in the South, but you know, we've talked about this before. You're from the Midwest. I live in the Midwest. I'm from the South. Has your understanding of how Christians in particular, or just maybe even regular people interact with, um, political talk, um, things like that stuff that has to do with government. Has it changed since you've moved to Texas? from Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, you know, do you, or do you feel like, oh, I kind of get a little bit more of some understanding of, of people here. Um, and this may be a question that you're like, nah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like it, it, it's so hard to say. Cause like when I moved here, it was just shortly after the 2016 election. Okay. So I think everybody in the world. And that one was fun. Yes, just as fun as the 2020. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, and so like I think, I think that in itself just like probably skewed that because mm -hmm. everybody was talking about it and it felt way more dire. Yeah, you, you know, it's like the lines in the sand. It's either this camp or that camp. You know, and it's either heaven or hell mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And it's just like, is it though? Is it really? <laughs> you know, so I feel like, yeah, yeah I. It, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, maybe prior 2016 probably would have been a little bit more subtle, maybe a okay. little bit more difference, but it, it was, I would say it was full frontal. Yeah. That's all I can say. Like, it, it wasn't so much when I was pastoring up north, but again, it wasn't like the elections we were talking about. I remember going into that season 
in the mm-hmm. fall a little bit and but it wasn't people weren't as crazy <laughs> i think as like when yeah after that election went through yeah and the uh, so moving from tennessee to the midwest was uh, probably enlightening for me um now i will just say this about us as pastors um first of all just being in a nonprofit um organization which we are uh, when we're at churches and that, not that that's a necessary thing for the kingdom of God, but we are, we've agreed to it. Um, and so part of that actually involves not, um, chipping right. for, uh, not chipping for a candidate up front. And so people are like, you have to say who to vote for it. It's this person or this person. And we're like, actually, yeah. no, we don't. Um, and so, but I, I think coming into an environment that Minnesota is a little more, was probably like everywhere. Um, like if you're going to go with like straight up red, blue, um, Minnesota's pretty purple sometimes <laughs> like yeah. there. And I felt that was interesting in Winona where, where we both pastored and lived that you, you definitely had, you could find people that would be on different sides. And so I think probably the first thing that happened in my heart was I was like, okay, I'd been in pretty much a very, um, red state saturated, you know, and, and so seeing just somebody with a different viewpoint, who's a follower of Jesus and going, okay, this is, this is really important for me to lean into, to understand that there are people here, um, that there are Mm -hmm. souls behind every, um, opinion, good or bad, whatever you think, and that they are deeply loved by God, um, and not like they're deeply loved, but they are so wrong. No, no, just they're deeply loved and that I needed to see people in that light. Um, but I, 2024 is going to be kind of crazy, maybe, with what mm. we will all begin hearing and seeing on the news and Facebook and interactions. And, you know, as we get closer to the election, sometimes that's when especially Christians are kind of looking for you to give us direction. Um, but I, I wrote down this, this image, kind of this metaphor. It goes a little bit with the term we used several episodes back that I learned from Makoto Fujimura, the, um, border stalkers, like kind of being like, you don't quite feel at home. Uh, like I don't want to be fully in here that I don't see people, um, Mm. that are beyond the borders of my beliefs, but I also don't want to go and just be, where I'm not among believers. So there's like this middle ground where you're in the border, you're stalking the border because you care about the right. people. And so uh, you're familiar with the term brackish, you know that mm-hmm. term? Okay. So mm-hmm. the, and for those who maybe have never heard it, it's when a freshwater stream hits the ocean, um, the waters that are mixed in between is called brackish water. And it's the Gulf it, of Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, <laughs> it's not quite fully, um, salinated, is that the word? Salty, that the way the ocean would be is not quite fresh. It's this kind of mix. And so, yeah, I always wonder about like which which kinds of fish can live in brackish water. They can do both. Like I don't need completely, you know, or which, you know, freshwater fish like finds itself in brackish water and is like, oh my gosh, I have to get back to the freshwater, you know? So yeah. anyway, I just thought, I thought about that term because I want, I want to be faithful to Jesus and I want to learn to hear his heart and to think about the kingdoms of this world, 
Um, yeah. And so let's just throw the, the verse, and I think we'll probably title the podcast this, My Kingdom is Not of This World, is when Jesus is interacting with Pilate. And Pilate is standing there saying, you know, don't you know that I could release you? I could let you yeah. go. I have authority to do what I want to with you. Uh, it's very the irony of the conversation. The Son of God is standing with this earthly ruler. And, and I always like to think now in, in today's vernacular, Jesus would be like, oh, Pilate, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have the yeah, you're cute. That's, yeah, I love that. That, that is that's good. Cute. That's mm-hmm. cute. Yeah, but he's he basically says you actually don't have anything, any kind of authority except what has been granted to you. Yeah. Um I could call 70,000 angels right now to fight here on this ground for me, destroy all of you. But here's the phrase but my kingdom's not of this world, which implies, so I won't. I won't do that. Right. Uh, and this is right before the cross. So as you think about that and just kind of as a almost like, all right, Lord, help me to understand that. Um, what does that start to do in your heart as you think about living in this time and interacting with because we don't want to be yep. separatists. We don't want to be separatists where we're yep. just like, we don't care. We're just going to go hide and we don't care what happens. How does yeah, that hit you? I, yeah. Personally, it's the, it's the realignment of like, just like actually loving and resting in God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Like, like at a personal level, like, because it's like, I, I can easily get myself wrapped up into the politics for sure. And I can get myself wrapped up and going, well, this election is going to matter for the future of my kids. Right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You, you know, which is true. So you always carry that tension, but it's like, if I understand the gospel, right. If I understand what I said yes to, not just as Jesus is Lord and savior of my life, but also saying I am now a priest within this kingdom. I have a responsibility mm-hmm. in this kingdom as an ambassador, as a mediator, like my filter and how I look through the world is, has to be completely different, has to yeah. be. And so that, that means it's like, yes, yeah, scripture holds this tension of like, yes, you're of a different kingdom, but you hear, and that does not mean we don't care about what's happening here. Right. Okay. So like, I don't know if you ever felt that it, it feels like, well, if you're just not going to talk about it, then you just don't care. You're like, yeah. no, 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 that's not true. It's if I believe God is sovereign, then I believe God is in control of who's in control. And mm-hmm. I believe that like scriptures say that he, he's the one who puts people in positions of power for time to unfold his greater plan, which you're like, well, why would he allow X, Y, and Z? Yeah. You know what? That's, that's the challenge like is you guys went through revelation and we're just starting our journey in revelation of going right <laughs> like that's yeah that's the tension you hold going through revelation you yeah. know but look at daniel look at um jeremiah uh, habakkuk like look and be amazed i'm going to mm-hmm. do something in your days that you have to see to believe you, you know in in and churches, oh my goodness, anytime a church uses that verse for a campaign rally, right. you're like, read the rest of the context. I would tell them, I was just going to say, what is the rest of the context? It's, it's, it's God saying Babylon's going to come. You're going to be in trouble. You're going to get blown it, away. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to be going in exile to which Habakkuk would be like, 
no, that's not right. Mm-hmm. And then he voices complaint and stands yeah. at his post to see how the Lord would respond. It's like, well, who who was deciding that? The mm-hmm. rulers of Babylon or was it God? Well, God, you know, and so. Yeah, like, look, I, I was just going to say. Like, my kingdom is not of this world. It's like, yes, it's mm-hmm. it's not. And we got to remember who we are in this world and not to allow ourselves to like put all of our eggs in that basket of whatever four-year term or eight-year term is coming. It's like, no, you know, for a Christian to fully align with whatever color the party is, you're going to compromise some Christian value on either side. It's just because it's a system of man, right? So it's like, that is true. So we need to hold the balance of whatever God tells us to seek the welfare of the city. So yeah, mm-hmm. we want to be involved, but if our guy doesn't get in or our party's not in, it's like, well, we're still part of a kingdom that's not of this world. Right. <laughs> you know? So it's that challenge that's in there for me. Yeah. And so like I love bringing that it. now into a pastoral picture, it's like, mm-hmm. well, how do you disciple that? Well, and I, I love that you, um, cause I, I've, reading the rest of uh, the context of a lot of those promises, many of them, including Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, including the one, what was the one? If my people who are called by my name, you know, yep. like all those Chronicles. that are kind of uh, yeah. m- misappropriated uh, for American dreams, I yeah. think um, really need to be put into context and understood what was going on among Israel, the types and shadows pointing to the greater Israel and the kingdom of God, which includes all of the people in the world who are coming to Jesus, but just learning to, to put it in the context of the rest of the story. But I want to do what, what I know I've done when I've listened to people who are saying the things you're saying and, and that I am also saying, but do you ever, I don't know if you, you know, when people they're like, they're listening, they're like, okay, okay. Yeah. 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 I know. I know he's, but then they, they wait for like almost like a small phrase. Um, and so like um, what you were saying was, and it doesn't mean we're not involved. And then it's almost like they don't hear the rest and they're like, right, we yeah. need to get involved. Like, and it's like, I missed everything you said, but I did hear that part. And I want to, and it's, it, we're like looking for um, loopholes for our own kingdoms um, and, and we hear my kingdom's not of this world. We're like, yeah, 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 I know. And I'm going to go there when I leave this world, but I'm right. not going to interact with it now <laughs> in the same way. Um, and so, and I know we've touched on this uh, in some of our other episodes, but the sovereignty of the Lord in allowing whatever, different rulers mm-hmm. and leaders to be in office, to um, do things that, are not reflective of his heart. Um, that's a nice way to say things. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and people go, this could have been prevented. And mm-hmm. sometimes, yes. I mean, it's not that you can't. Like there, I think we, it's that tension of being involved, but also um, I love to think about Acts. One, I, Acts, it's in the first few chapters of Acts, I think. It may be 117. I don't know if it is. Um, but it's that one we've... Of just why does God let certain people live in America and other people live in Iran and certain things happen? It's not because we got the blessing and they don't. Um, mm-hmm. It's 
it's he has determined the times and season of everyone where they should live um and what time they should live in like mm-hmm. 2024 versus 1742 and so that they might reach for him and find him and he's not far from us and so not that we turn a blind eye and go well what's going to happen is going to happen and so we just got to get used to it it's a weird tension don't you think yeah. like there's this weird holding of I, st- I still need to pray against injustice. I still need to get involved yeah. in something that would stop human trafficking. At the same time, though, when God does allow certain things, he's not, he doesn't have his hands off the wheel. He's not up there saying, oh my goodness, how did, how did this get so out of control? What am I going to do? And so that ultimately, if he has allowed something it's to move us to prayer, to seeing others hear about him for the first time. Maybe, maybe another um, run of an election where their preferred candidate loses gets mm-hmm. them to go. You know what? Maybe I need to put my hope somewhere else. <laughs> maybe I need to yeah. stop. Um, I don't know what that tension is. A hard thing for me to grab onto, but I know it's there. Yeah, I if if you don't look at politics and elections through an eschatological framework you will you will get very anxious and mm. and i think you'll get very misguided and i think you will lose the sense of your kingdom responsibility mm-hmm. right because it's like if we see things through eschatological like the how things are going to end yeah you know or the direction like everything is history is not in chaos it's not out of control god is in control of it all the the victory has won the ultimate battle in this world between good and evil life and death is won so an election pales in comparison to that right so you're just like mm-hmm. This election is going to dictate the world, the future of all things, right? You're like, no, the future of all things has already been written out and we're living it through, right? So it's like, that's from like, if you lose sense of that as a believer, like you're just wrapped up all in the kingdom now Mm -hmm. of American government or whatever world government, instead of understanding that and that, no, God is unfolding things. There's yeah. more than what meets the eye. Like, obviously, I'm speaking revelation language because that's what mm-hmm. I'm steeped You're in, in it. Right yeah. Now. You're in it right now. You know, and, and I think that's been the part that's been like, not like, oh, this is new. It's more like a, a like almost a sense of like, yeah, that's what I thought, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like an affirmation. And so if we lose sight of that, man, we will put all of our eggs in the basket. And, yeah. and then if the party or guy doesn't win, and then we just get all mad in, in a tiff for four years and try it again. Right. And then all of the mandates and actions that we are to embrace as followers of Jesus kind of put off to the side, mm-hmm. right? Like, how do you love your enemy? How do you pray for your enemy? How do you turn the other cheek, right? And, and I think Jesus and even the epistles, even early church days, like really show us, like they're living in a highly oppressive regime yeah right like it in like from matthew one to say the end of john like whatever the chronology is of those gospels like it just he doesn't really go hey guys 
get out there and vote. Right. <laughs> like, I, I mean, not to be coy there, but it's like, yeah, he, he obviously tell cares about justice and he talks about that and would not sure like, Hey, I know I just said that. And we always have as pastors, we always have this fear like, okay, mm-hmm. now that I said that someone's probably thinking this, like, yeah, go yeah. vote. It's responsible. Do it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. There said it. Um, <laughs> but take Jesus with you. Would you <laughs> like, yeah. to, to the booth? But like when he was like, my, my fallback is like when Jesus was being trapped, like, do we pay taxes to Caesar? You know, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, the whole thing, the coin with the face is an yeah. image. So now we're worshiping a false idol and, and Jesus doesn't even go there. It's like, does Jesus not know Rome is oppressing and extorting his people? Yes, yeah. he knows. But his mission is primarily about the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, so he's like, hey, let's just let's let me phrase it this way. You give to Caesar what, what is Caesar's. But what's the real issue? You're not giving to God what is God's. Yeah. Right. So I think as as believers, we have to ask ourselves that question, really, instead of finding politics leading us to a place of inevitably hating other people mm-hmm. <laughs> like to go, am I giving God my heart to willing to love and to serve for those who I strongly and vehemently disagree with? Yeah. You, I you know, like I do, I do. And, and I've, I've wrestled personally with being caught up in those moments of thinking about somebody who doesn't think the way I do. And, you know, the, there's the, the fear that people carry is we're, they're going to win though. They will hurt us. They, we could be ostracized even more as believers. We could be killed. And I heard somebody this week, I was listening to another podcast on this um, topic and they said, yeah. And in dying, there is beauty and resurrection. Like Christianity has had that as the main truth that has been held for all. Like it's not about winning here um, and, or taking power, you know, or not that we don't want to see justice or things happen. Um, I had, so I know you got a thought, but let me tell you one quick thing. I, where this really came just to a, a head for me and my own heart. I was having a conversation a few years ago, probably right around 2020, when everything, you know, everybody's like, the world is ending. You know, whatever, whichever side they fell on, the world was ending. Um, and I remember it was like, there was a lot of they language about mm-hmm. the people who did, they didn't agree. And how could they will, and if they come in here, and I remember we were standing in church. And so I just, and you know, I felt it was from the spirit. It was no, no wisdom of mine. It was from the spirit, but I, I just stopped this person. I said, Hey, so let's say in the back of the room right now, I just pointed to the back of the ministry center. And I was like, let's say standing back there is somebody that you know, hates you, hates Christ, hates the kingdom and is actually here to shred anything they can and to tear you apart and to just spread their own hatred and they'd love to see this place shut down, all this kind of stuff. And they're like, you could see them. They're like, yeah, like almost like, yeah, what are we going to do? What are we going to do about them? And I said, are you telling me they are off limits for the gospel that God does not want to reach them? And I remember this person was like, I see what you're doing. 
I was like, I'm not doing it. This is this is straight from scripture. But it was they had landed, and I have done this. They had landed in a yeah, place where that totally. person is such an enemy and is the problem that I need to gather with other Christians and other like-minded people and oppose them completely. Yeah. Um, and I just we know you're everybody's these little but what 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 but 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 just we're we're gonna keep big picture, thirty-five thousand foot view um of yeah, but Jesus is calling us to something deeper. He's calling us to make war with the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. That's how yep. we do spiritual warfare. So yeah. run, you had a thought. It, it, yeah, it, like now just from a like I'm just speaking from a pastoral side here. It's like just because I or we we don't use the pulpit mm-hmm. for a political agenda per se, like that doesn't mean we don't care about about it like right like i um, it takes a care lot. deeply Dude, care it takes deeply so much <laughs> self-control and grace mm-hmm. from the lord for me to keep my mouth restrained mm-hmm. because like politics was actually a vocational aspiration you're going for, for a it. long time and it and it still kind of lingers in the back of my head you know and tell us congressman uh, ziski what do you think? Dude, like there was, we had a, a former <laughs> senator in our church, like here in Austin. And there was mm-hmm. a season where I was like, gosh, man. And I was just chatting with him. Yeah. And I was like, man, I, maybe, maybe. And and so it's like, I, I care deeply about it. But yes, the, the pulpit is not the place to, mm-hmm. to, to do that. We don't right. know what's in God's mind. We don't know what's in God's plan, right? So like I, I remember one Sunday morning before the service start, 2020 campaign, someone came up to me, legitimately said, you're going to tell the church today to vote for Trump, right? Whoa. And and I was just like, I will never do that. And they're like, like, you know, it was almost like they were questioning my faith in that mm-hmm. moment. You know, I was like, that's, that's not the place of the pulpit. Like, that is not what this is for. And I was just like, if anything, I will preach that God is sovereign because that's what the scriptures say. Yeah. And that whoever is elected, that's, God's man for the season, regardless. Like, so mm-hmm. you got to walk a fine line to say, no, Trump and is you, God's man before yeah. the election came, or Biden's God's man before the election came. It's like, no, that's not God. Right. This is all serving his his yeah his plan. Right. So yeah. it's ultimately Pilate was God's man for right. leading Israel at that time, and Pilate was a punk. <laughs> Yeah. So So like our burden as pastors is going, how do we help the congregation to look at everything in the world through a kingdom lens first, not an American lens first? Because I think so much of our theology and doctrine has been like co-opted as an American theological lens, Mm -hmm. right? Like uh, I won't say it because I don't want to open up a can of worms. <laughs> but like, well, maybe I will, and I'll just throw it out there and let it linger for a bit. But like dispensationalism, yeah, you know, like it doesn't think about the rest of the world too much. Define dispensationalism it, for our listeners well, who are like, yeah, what? It's 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 a way of looking at revelation and how to interpret the Bible and what's happening today and what's going to happen. It's it's saying there's different eras or epochs of God's dispensing his grand plan over yeah. time. So and that it was different instance, for different people. 
Yeah. So like the seven churches in Revelation are not literal. They're more of a representation of seven different ages of the church. Okay. And and, and, and it's just like, it definitely has a little bit more of an American flavor to mm-hmm. it. You know, Which is when it, it came to prominence. Cult- <laughs> yeah. And it looks at like our, our culture in America. It's like, well, America's going to hell in a handbasket, but it doesn't regard the fact that the church in China or in Africa is blowing up and seeing yeah. a lot of good things happen. It's just like, but anyway, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I know I just corked one and just threw it out there. No, it's but- good. It's good. We need to go there. We need, we need biblical tools. And, you know, I would say you and I both probably would say out of fear um, for how people might perceive us or what they might say. But the good thing about being a pastor for a while is the longer you do it, um, the more you rest in Jesus is the one who has established like even us in our, our lives and our jobs. Like we need to be faithful to the scripture. Um, and I think it's good. It's good to go there and to, to ask those questions because I needed, I needed those things called out in me. I was thinking similar things, you know, about yeah. this is it. And if we don't, whatever, on this election or this one or the last one or two, you know, I mean, just go back like 10 that I've <laughs> thought I can remember. And I remember the talk is always the same. It's always the same. Um, I, and I had similar people telling me I needed to essentially, and this was, I needed to wave the flag up there. Like that was, that was the kind of how I summarize. Why aren't you waving the flag, the American flag? And I'm like, cause it would betray my calling as a pastor. <laughs> the gospel would take a back seat to something. And so we can, we can love Jesus and do what we do well. Um, but we also, that doesn't give others a pass. Cause I think, you know, if you're not a pastor, like you're a follower of Jesus. And so what does it look like to both, be thankful for and love and even be patriotic for our country um, and know that, yeah, but my citizenship is elsewhere. And this is where I've started thinking about this. So right now in the headlines, what is President Biden going to do about Iran? You know, there were a few American soldiers killed and it's tragic. It's awful. And there's a lot of um, political kind of strategic stuff happening because a war with Iran is a big deal. You know, not that a war with anybody isn't a big deal, but it's almost one of those where it's like that and the you know that would set off a firestorm in the middle. Like, and obviously, I'm a I'm a layman as far as understanding anything like that. I'm just speaking of here's my opinion. But as a follower of Jesus, and this may sound crazy, but I'm just speaking what I see in the scripture. Um, my love for the people of America should not surpass my love for the people of Iran as image bearers, as those who are, um, and I know there are people there who follow him. And I know there are people who don't, who are to be his sons and daughters. And so it, it's not easy, Yeah, but I, I have to hold that. Did, did you know that one of the biggest revivals in America, in the world right now is happening in Iran? I did. I did. It's, it's did, crazy. Like the, uh, to the viewers out there, I'd encourage you to um, watch Sheep Amongst Wolves, mm-hmm. Volume 1 and Volume 2 on YouTube. It's a, a documentary of missionaries and followers of Jesus in Iran. We'll put that and link it, in the show notes, by the way, if you want to watch that. Just let you know, it's heavy. It's heavy, but it's it's like, whoa. Um, 
yeah, I, I just wrote down a few notes that I, I was like, gosh, I want to, I want to, I feel the need to make this clear because I think when we, when we come to this as pastors, like I, I in, in like, dude, it's so true, right? When we talk about this, don't we have like these imaginary people in our mind who, who we know we're going to speak into yeah. this? <laughs> we're like, okay, and oh, this yeah. person's going to say this and this person. But or somebody's going like, to go, listen. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. That Brandon, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I think people would be, yeah, whatever. If, if people really want to know where I stand personally in politics, come talk to me offline, right? Well, I'll have that conversation. As a pastor, my job is to shepherd and to disciple the flock that God's entrusted. So when we talk about politics in the kingdom, it's like we want people to place all of their hope in Jesus, the cross and resurrection ascension. We want people to be firmly rooted in like end times theology of like, we, this, this is the trajectory we already know. And that's what revelation is so great about. We need to talk about how we treat people in mm -hmm. an election time, right? Like I think there's nothing more sad than how much division politics has created in, in American homes mm -hmm. and in the church. Absolutely horrendous. Yeah. When like the church is supposed to be unified, right? Horrible. So we need to talk about that and like what matters most. What matters most is not in an election. What matters most is salvation, the mm -hmm. kingdom of God, rescuing people from the kingdom of darkness. We're, this is a spiritual battle more than it is a flesh battle, right? So we need to go through all of that stuff. And then right And the other thing is it's like confirmation bias is a real deal. And so it's like, if we're always thinking through one lens, that's how we're always going to think through. And, and the reality is we don't have all of the information that they have. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, we're just, we're just getting whatever, but, but at the same token, on the other side, we, as believers in the church, we have to be mindful of areas of maybe where we've compromised yeah. our faith and allegiance to Jesus to be more american or what have you or maybe we've become a little bit more of a, a monastic in our faith mm -hmm. and just said you know what i'm building a bomb shelter you know to me that yeah. would be kingdom compromise as well so either one you know um but the tension then is just like how the unfortunate thing is there are biblical <laughs> values that in our nation tend to be decided politically mm -hmm. so how do we engage that right and so it's like that matters yeah those things matter and, and that's where it's like yes we we will pray for justice and yet still the kingdom of god is a subversive entity and there are people who are called by the lord to be more front and center within the political vocation mm -hmm. to do that 100 percent. so it's it's you got to understand like i'm saying this going for those who are listening like give your pastors a lot of grace because they're going, when we talk about these things, we want to disciple people to be kingdom first people. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, we're holding this tension of what biblical values really matter in this election and how that will affect people. And so we're trying to balance this out, Yeah, you know, and it's just like, I, I, my favorite verse when it comes to politics is this, and it's so, it's so out there. It's okay. it, it's a, it's I should say salt there. It's just one that's never used really. Ecclesiastes seven ten. Don't say, "Why were the former days better than these?" 
since it is not wise of you to ask this. <laughs> Can I expand it's on that a little like, bit? It's kind of like, you know, let's just say your person is in an office. Man, mm-hmm. America was a better nation back in the fill in whatever year or decade you want. Yeah. Right. When people are like, you know, America was great in the nineties. I'm like, for who? Right. Who was it great for? <laughs> right. Uh, women, um, you know, African-American, like America was great in the 1790s, 1800s. Okay. <laughs> for who? For who? <laughs> yeah. For right. Whom? The 1950s, the Christian values were good. You, you know, like, yeah. okay, for who? Yeah. But Jim it, Crow it, was just living strong in the South too. Right. You, you know, so, it, and then you go, wait a second. That means that like God, it, also the other side is like, God is not in control today. He was, it's kind of like that, like, you're not saying it, but you're saying mm-hmm. it. Like God yeah. was in control in the past, but not today. And so we got to make sure it happens hmm. today. It's like, no, no, no. It's not wise for you to say that. Like, kind of like you're saying, you know, yeah. earlier with that passage in Acts 17, it's like, God has caused me to live in this time and place in this location for a reason. Yeah. So this is part of God's sovereignty and there's something beautiful and significant and vital in this time. And so, yeah. Well, now I'm rambling, no, but it's like, well, no, it's good. I think we're actually, so we'll, um, we'll wrap here, but I think probably in the next, next one, we'll, we'll start digging into like some of the particulars of how we can put flesh on these ideas of what it is to not live in the past and to be, be all here to be, what does it look like to trust God's sovereignty, be present and to love people well, and to, you know, not be separatists and monastic and just run for the hills, but also not like, I like what you said there too, of, but I'm not so involved that I take the Lord out of it completely. And I don't think that, you know, he's doing anything. It's just a spiritual reality. I heard a phrase, um, recently, um, uh, one of our worship leaders, um, connected with, um, Emily Lindquist, uh, in, uh, a church of the city, um, mm-hmm. just worship, worship pastor there. And it's just, this phrase has just been running through my head, um, and said, uh, to, to our worship leader, um, authority comes from intimacy with Jesus. I was like, Whoa. It was just a very simple because you think about politics. Who's going to have the power? Who's going to yeah. who's going to rule? Who's going to reign? Who's going to get to tell other people what to do? Pass law, you know. And so, and it obviously it runs crazy in how we think about the world. But I just that has been authority comes from intimacy with Jesus. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, dude, and and especially as believers, we have to learn what yeah. that means and how to go there. Hundred percent. You know, I, as I've been studying the seven churches in Revelation, and I just keep like, I'm first of all, and I'm sure you guys did this too, like, I'm asking myself the question, like, what would Jesus commend at Austin Oaks? And what would he rebuke? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And I'm like, uh, I love this about then, you. I have this against you. Yeah. And then, like, I found myself going, like, if I were to kind of like try to summarize, these seven churches and, and it was like this this two it was this question of like do you love jesus or do you just simply love the idea of mm. jesus of loving jesus yeah because i'm like if i just love the idea of loving jesus i don't know if i would overcome yeah in these situations or i wouldn't make jesus in the kingdom like 
all of it. I wouldn't say, man, to die is gain. You know, I'd be mm-hmm. like, no, no, you, you know, and I would find myself wanting to hitch the wagon maybe with the beast or right. to find myself complicit with Babylon and yeah. You know, what does so it mean to be in like, exile yeah. in Babylon? That's you've mm-hmm. you've taught me a lot about that. I remember we did that series called Babylon, and you have yeah. a lot of thoughts of you know just what it looks like um, to live that way. And so maybe we'll just we'll hit that next time um, of getting into some of those specifics um, yeah. and how to do how to do this. And, and you know, not that we're authorities on any of this, yeah. but that we really want to do it well. Uh, I'd say that's that's a huge part of us. So. Well, cool, everybody. Yeah. Um, you got any thought closing thoughts there? Yeah. Well, I just I just wrote down this question. It's, it was personal for me, but I think you know what? this might be good. Yeah. Like, what does it look like to love Jesus in an election year? That's a perfect question. Perfect question to end on. What does it look like to love Jesus in an election year? Uh, we'll continue to dive into it uh, next week. But thanks for joining us for episode twenty of Unfinished People. I'm Chad. What up? And it's Brandon. It's Brandon. Yeah. But we, hey, we love chatting with you guys. Uh, Give us some feedback. Uh, Check out the links that we put in the show notes. Um, Maybe give us some thoughts on what you think. What does it look like to love Jesus well in an election year? And we are in one. So thanks for joining us. See ya. Bye bye.